Welcome back, everyone. I'm Nicole. And I'm Crystal. You're listening to Las Brujas and Friends podcast. A podcast where we talk about legends and paranormal stories, sprinkled with true crime, extraterrestrial, and the like. A little disclaimer, we're not professionals, we're not historians, we just love everything scary. If you haven't already, which you should have, subscribe to and review this podcast. So in today's episode, we want to at least try and scare everybody and not the scaries that everyone's feeling um, right now with everything that's happening. The scaries like zombies. What are you talking about? (laughs) Uh, Mine's kind of pertaining to scariness of today. I'm talking about the plague. Oh, man. She's talking about the plague. You're going first. I'm going to scare everybody with zombies. Because first I'm going to kill you. And then she's going to attack you. And then I'll bring you back. I'll bring you back to life. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in today's episode, that is what's happening. We know everyone is hopefully um, staying safe at home, not out and about unless you are essential. And um, yes, please be safe out there. Hey, what better way to stay at home? Do a deep clean at your house. Our house is so messy. (laughs) Our house is extremely messy. Eh, Nobody has done a deep clean. (laughs) So I started researching my podcast originally on, I was reading something on Reddit about the bird people. And this was in an area of Germany. And so I'm researching and researching and researching. And I can't find anything off of the bird people, but then I found something. I fell on the topic of the crow people, but this is an Native American mm-hmm. tribe that's in like the Midwest, um, but nothing scary there. So the plague doctor is where I ended up diving into because what they were originally set to be, obviously doctors back in the 17th century, the costumes that they wore. Oh, the bird. Oh, yeah. okay. It just hit me. Yeah, so just a little bit of the backtrack. So I was researching just something off of Reddit to find a scary story. And somebody said, hey, the bird people. And I was like, oh, let me see if I can find something. Mm-hmm. Search China, search Germany, search Russia. Couldn't find anything. And so then I was like, okay, well, let's see if I type in bird costume. Because in this story, the guy said they were in the military. They were going from one place to another place with a cab driver. Next thing they know is the um, cab driver starts slowing down towards a road and they're just wanting to peek and see. And people come out in these huh. bird masks. Hmm? Yeah. Just regular people? I thought it was they the were, actual doctors. Well, no, in, in the Reddit that I was reading, oh, okay. they were wearing black robes and bird masks. And so taxi driver dropped them off wherever they was and <laughs> never went back to that street again. <laughs> it's like, I'm not waiting. So that's how I was like, ooh, that sounds interesting. Let me figure out what I could find couldn't find anything off of it so i'm like all right if i can't find anything down that groundhog hole let me look just in costumes in general wait hold on groundhog hole you cool. mean rabbit hole rabbit hole you know what do I people mean. call it groundhog hole let me no, know if you guys hole. call it groundhog it's, rab- hole. it's rabbit <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was a thing i didn't know about <laughs> <laughs> so then uh i ended up going into the plague doctor and the plague doctor looking at research just based off of the costume back in the 17th century um, the doctors were to, uh, they've worn these like black robes, um, that was covered in wax. I they wonder had why the, black, right? Huh? I wonder why black, because now they're all like white is mm-hmm. the thing. Mm-hmm. Well, back then a lot of diseases came from just the environment of us as people. We weren't very sanitary. Oh, so yeah. that. I don't know why the color, but the the coat, the cloak or whatever it was, robe, was covered in this type of wax 
the mm-hmm. face that they had was like a um, a glass, but with like a two a pointed nose. It was like two feet, and inside the pointed nose, it had herbs. Okay, so the cavity of this um, nose was had two small hole, holes to breathe, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it had substances such as um, herbs like ambergris, mint leaves, storax, myrrh, laudanum, rose pencil, ro- rose pencils, rose, rose petals, uh, rose cloves, pencils. straw. And this was supposed to help the doctor. None of these doctors were certified back then. So you of could course take not. your way to be a doctor. I'm a doctor. And the diagnosis for the plague, which is uh, the name of the actual plague, was the bubonic plague. Yes, the bubonic plague. You got two weeks to live. Pay me my money. Thank you. Next. That's, That's how it was. Crazy. Yeah. At least and this you got two weeks. time period of 1656 to 1657. Supposedly, this bubonic plague killed 200 to 400,000 people. Yeah, that's about what's going to happen right Hello. now. Hello. But wait, did you go back and see what the plague came from? Yes. Oh, okay. So, how the, <laughs> it originated was a bacterial infection that was transmitted by fleas that originally came off of rats. Oh. So the boats, the ships that were traveling another, to new countries, new worlds. Another rodent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This not only infected us as humans, it also infected livestock. In certain oh. cities and towns in Europe, in Italy, 100% of the population gone. What? Ghost towns. No one survived. And how it started, just like ours. You didn't uh, have any symptoms the first few days. Mm-hmm. But then, after the flea transmitted or bit your blood, what would happen is the bacteria could spread and create boils inside of your armpits and what? growing areas. This would what? inflame or enlarge your lymph nodes, would create these big old, you know, bolas everywhere. Sensitive. Sensitive to touch. You would have fever, cheer, chills, all that stuff. But Cheers. <laughs> I don't think that's what they were saying. All of the, uh, once the boil would pop, mm. pus. Mm. Girl, No, pus. thank you. And that would lead to another infection because, again, yeah, they, don't got open wound. they don't got the, va- the vapor rub. They don't got enough stuff. No. So, you're dead in two weeks. That's all it is. Was it the plague or was it a uh, lack of medical care with infections and stuff. I'm pretty sure it was a good mixture, right? Yeah, because had to have been. again, back then they didn't have any certified doctors or medicine to practice to say, okay, here, this herb's going to heal that or this type of drug will help soothe the pain. It was just, sorry, you got the, you got the like plague and you're done. That's nuts. Yeah. So it was trippy just because this French doctor named Charles Delorme he, in 1619, he was the designer of this full suit. So again, it was a waxen coat from head to toe. It even had um, gloves. And he also had some type of like a stick, supposedly. Yeah. Like a wand? Yeah. To touch because, <laughs> oh. of course, he's not supposed to touch you. But oh, so it's hey, like social distancing. boy right there. <laughs> but it's with the stick. He's just yes, poking you. Yes. Yes. Anyway, um, so it, in Rome, it killed about 145,000 people. In Naples, three hundred thousand. So that's a talk lot about of being sanitary, and for the most part, people who did try to flee flee their hometown to escape the plague. The only um, 
people that were safe amongst the larger countries uh, were islands that were way away that uh, ships had never traveled to. Ah, so it the never fleece couldn't US. get there. Yeah. Oh, it never hit the U.S.? Only Europe and Asia. Uh, what year see. was this? This was 1656, Holy cow, that was a really long time yeah. ago. This was called the Black Death. So I, I mean, it's not like they had all kinds of bright colors. Either. I wonder why it was the Black Death. Did there the boil turn black? There was a rule back then, too, because it was killing livestock. Oh. So mind you, these people barely get in their fashion. So, But it did boost up the Renaissance era because a lot of people died. That's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it originated in a rat. I wonder, see, there wasn't any scientific stuff going on back nope. then. So, like, how how did it form? Mm-hmm. Where did it come? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how did it all happen? Yep. The, the scientific stuff behind it. Because right now we're f- struggling to figure out the scientific stuff behind this virus. I was reading a story. This is from Atlas Abscora. And this was kind of weird just with the story on how... Um, they explained the plague and it just pretty much said that the epidemic started in towns and expanded to cities. Um, but in, I mean, if you really think of it, the costumes of the, the doctor, the black doctor, the death doctor, whatever you want to call them, you can make a definite horror film. And for people to experience this through Reddit, I mean, yeah, in Germany, what's to say it can't populate again? How many um, years, centuries have we gone through and now we're going through some type of pandemic that is very similar to this, aside from the boils and all that stuff. But I mean, people trying to escape, people trying to stay safe or not even knowing they were, it was transmitted through clothes. Well, yeah, I think about touch. it's fleas. So yeah, they just bounce around. Mm-hmm. I've seen fleas before. It's disgusting. They, they literally like bounce. I feel like when I saw a flea for the first time, I had the noise in my head was bing, 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 because that's what it looked like it was doing. It was just like a little bing, bing, yeah. bing, the way it bounced. I thought it was. Oh, there it is. Never mind. Okay, so it was creepy pasta. I don't know. Oh, creepy pasta. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So creepy pasta. Put one about the plague doctor. As a kid, I would always enjoy my dreams. My dreams would take me away from what I felt normal and give me new experiences. Even if I had a nightmare, I would enjoy it because it was something different. Um, night to night, the moon would fall to the earth. Buildings would fall to rubble in front of me and trees would dance to the rhythm of the crashings. As an adult, I didn't enjoy my dreams. They would be violent and muddled and start to merge with my life. In one of my dreams, I saw my wife brutally beaten, my dog running for a ball off a cliff and my son shot in the head. Above all, one dream stood out to me. It was a plague doctor. He would stare at me with a beak mask as if he was expecting something. I couldn't see his eyes or if he had any. He would just stare with a mask um, and grin. The beak mask had a blank expression and red bulbs showed up on my skin. I bled out of my ears. The pain was unbearable. But I couldn't move. My skin blotched with a hideous pink. The plague doctor would hold up flower petals um, of the same color. I wanted to scream. I wanted it to end. I wanted to wake up. He would just grin and stand there. He watched me suffer. I would wake up and go to the toilet to throw up. This dream happened every few days. I went to a psychologist to get help. I wanted to live normal again. When I described the dream, he turned pale. He told me there was nothing he can do. He asked me to hold my hand out. I did so. He put a flower jar in my hand. What the heck? 
Whoa. And that was all a dream? Yeah. Well, no. This was a story from somebody on Creepypasta. Oh. I thought it was a dream. That had been one crazy ass dream. (laughs) The whole time I'm like, that's a trippy ass dream to have. Uh And with all the technology and knowledge we have now, Mm -hmm. there's still, it's really hard to wrangle millions and millions of people (laughs) to stay in your house. Stay in your Mm -hmm. house. Stay in your house trying to die. Oh my gosh. Um, Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Be thankful for what you have, even though you may seem bored. Take care of the old people, guys. Bust up still valuable. Get a puzzle, word search. I mean, I don't know if you could send neighbors mail. I don't know. You could hold a sign up in your window. I've seen a lot of people write (laughs) messages on paper and then just tape it to their windows for their neighbors to see. Oh, I saw one that was so cute. There was a guy in Italy feeding his neighbor upstairs their dog off the patio because that person went to the doctors. He was gone in the hospital. So he was feeding the dog to the patio. That's still very nice. Renemy of hope. She'd be up the balcony. She, oh my gosh. Can you please tell them about Hopi's? How much does she weigh? She's about eight pounds, nine she's pounds. She's a little mixed chihuahua. Wait, she's not even mixed, right? Yeah. She is? Yeah, she's a border terrier mixed chihuahua. That's right. But she, you had a second story apartment, right? Mm-hmm. And she would peer out, go underneath the, ba- the what is it, a bearing? Or what is it, a fence? A fence. It was um, a barrier. She, you had a patio. Yeah. A patio? Wow, we don't know anything. <laughs> See what happens when a you're balcony. In you had a balcony. Yes. Obviously, you had a barrier so you don't fall. And she gate would go offense. underneath and sit at the edge. And people who would walk on my trail would look at it like this dog is about to commit suicide right now. Yeah, she would sit on the <laughs> edge of there. the balcony. Mm-hmm. Wow, I almost a patio again. I remember when you told me that, and I went out there and looked, and I was like, "Hopey, get inside, mm-hmm. you crazy dog!" She. So I had to fence it. <laughs> She's brave. She's very brave. She sometimes takes herself for a walk in our neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> All by herself. Mm-hmm. She'll come back at the door. Hello, I'm here. Yeah, she will knock on the front door. And we're like, wait a minute. We let you out the back door mm-hmm. and you're knocking on the front door. Mm-hmm. Lady, we need to put a chip in her so we can just <laughs> so we can just um, GPS her. Right. She has her own doorbell open. <laughs> the door opens yeah here comes hobie (laughs) okay so now that we're off of the plague we're gonna move on to something a little bit more sci-fi not believable but still kind of believable because i still want to try and scare you guys i'm gonna be talking about zombies hey i scared him i that's like real life scary though (laughs) i'm doing like fake life scary (laughs) (laughs) i'm talking about zombies oh and before i get into my story Last episode we said was number 24. It was actually number 25. So we're already past a quarter at this point. I just wanted to talk about that for a quick second before anybody was like, you said the wrong episode. Yeah, and I'm trying to do 26 What are here. you doing? <laughs> wow. It's not even the right way. <laughs> it says 50 or 62. <laughs> She's trying to do 26 on her fingers for the camera. It didn't work. Look on YouTube. <laughs> My zombie story... Involves voodoo, so that's even more fun. Yes. So this movie, there's a movie. Okay, let me let me go to my notes and read it verbatim before I go off off my notes, and then I don't know what I'm talking about. There was a zombie slash voodoo movie made in the 80s. The movie was called The Serpent and the Rainbow. It came out in 1988, 
And I'm going to tell you guys a short synopsis of the movie. I'm not talking about the movie. I'm talking about the story the movie was based off of. So the short synopsis of this movie from IMDb is an anthropologist goes to Haiti after hearing rumors about a drug used by black magic practitioners to turn people into zombies. So that is what the movie is about. And it is it does align pretty well with the story I'm about to tell you guys. Of course, in the movie, it's way more gory, way more stuff put into it to keep your attention. But the storyline, for the most part, minus all like the extra gore, still kind of lines up with the real story. So let's go to the beginning. Let's talk about Haiti. So in the religion or the official religion in Haiti in the books is Roman Catholicism. But many believe that the official religion in Haiti should be voodoo. The majority of people in Haiti practice at least some aspects of voodoo. And like many others, like when we talked about brujeria, voodoo is, can they believe voodoo can coexist with Catholicism. So voodoo. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about voodoo. All the things you probably know about voodoo are voodoo. The little dolls, the rituals, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. That's all voodoo. So now... Here we go. Okay, back to the story. So considering voodoo, I want to talk about a magical powder that was used at the time. So this is going real life, not the movie, right? I'm not talking about the movie. This is like the real story. So this powder is called zombie powder, quote unquote. And it's actually a two-parter thing. There's zombie powder and then there's an antidote for the zombie powder, this powder that was used by voodoo witches or doctors was said to kill people and you're actually dead. When you go to the hospital, you're pronounced dead. You have a full-blown funeral. You get buried, everything. But this antidote will bring you back to life. Oh no, Romeo and Juliet. No, Romeo and Juliet didn't have an antidote. They just drank the poison. They drank, the girl did. There's no antidote. Hmm. Is there an antidote? Maybe not. Wow. Wrong story. Maybe I have it wrong. <laughs> okay, but the thing about this antidote is whoever gives you the antidote is now your master. That's the whole, like, voodoo part about it. You know, like, I mean, it makes sense, right? You give your life away. I mean, mm -hmm. you're not tech. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. I was going to say, you're not technically giving your life, but it's not really how it happens. So rumors are that when you come back to life, once you get your antidote, you are alive. You're not a zombie how you would picture in like zombie land or your typical like super blue, dead, ripped out, you know, like skin, whatever, missing Flesh. an eye. Yeah, whatever, all that. You are actually still a human. You just have no personality. You, you're a zombie that follows your master's orders. You still have human traits like you'll eat, walk, talk, but you're in a trance. You're in a trance until you die or your master dies. So you're sired. Yes. <laughs> don't don't you watch Vampire Diaries? No. Oh my gosh. Sorry. I guess I can watch it now. <laughs> you're sired when you get bit by the werewolf. You're sired. Uh, okay. Or yes. something like that. Okay, so... And this all sounds made up, right? Yeah. It all sounds, you take some zombie powder, you die, you turn into a zombie, you get an antidote, you're alive, you, all that. There it is, Arina. But there, and that's that's how they show it in the movie. They actually put the, the powder on the hand and then somebody blows it into this other guy's face and boom, zombie. But it's not completely made up because there's an actual person 
who allegedly went through this. The person meaning they were the victim? Yes. Of being... A zombie. Okay. <laughs> Skepticism is in the air. Let's see. <laughs> On Okay. On April 30th, 1962, Clarivis Narcisse was about 40 years old. He went to Albert Schweitzer Hospital in Haiti, and he was having body aches and a fever. He believed he was poisoned by his brother after they had an argument over land. The same day that he checked into the hospital, he was pronounced dead, and he was buried on May 2nd, 1962. So he was buried a couple days later. There's a death certificate. There his, his body was documented in the morgue, and he had a funeral. He was dead. 18 years later, Angelina Narcisse was approached by a man in the market claiming to be her brother, her brother that had passed away 18 years before. To prove he was her brother, he used a childhood nickname that nobody would know except his family, and it was her brother. She believed it. He was actually her brother. But if he didn't change, like he had a changed. He did. Yeah, he aged. So I was going to say, she obviously needs to that he yeah. looks a little the same. Well, imagine you buried your brother and then this guy who looks like your brother comes up to you and you're and he tells you he's your brother. Would you believe him? Nope. Even if he looked exactly mm-hmm. like him? No, right? So he gave her his childhood nickname wow. and it was him. It was actually him. So he tells her the story about that day. He said he laid in the bed, completely paralyzed. He was aware of everything around him. He heard the doctors pronounce his death, pronounce he had no pulse, and he was not breathing. He felt the sheet get pulled over his face and even heard his sister crying by his bedside. Yeah. Isn't that trippy? Creepy. Mm-hmm. Like he a says, paralysis of some sort. Yeah. But not even breathing and no pulse. Yeah. He was pronounced that there's a death certificate. Yeah. Like an actual How death certificate. Be, I up. mean, that's deep meditation. <laughs> Out of body experience right there. So he remembers the morgue. He remembers the funeral and being buried alive. He said a certain amount of time had passed when he was underground and then his coffin was ripped open. He was taken out, beaten, gagged, and bound. What? He was given a paste made from dentura, which is a certain, which at certain doses has hallucinogenic effects and can cause memory loss. This dentura paste that he was given is that second part of the zone. It's the antidote. Okay. Or I guess that's what they call it, but it doesn't really seem like an antidote because he was still alive. I don't know. I'm a little confused about this as well. Polygrip. Yes. He claims he felt like he, he was in a dream state and having no willpower while he was given this dantura. He was taken to a sugar plantation with others like him where he worked. And he worked on this plantation like he was a slave to his master. Yeah. One of the other zombies on the plantation um, gained some sort of willpower one day and he killed the master. <gasps> After the master's death, all of the zombies on this plantation felt like they gained their willpower again, and many of them escaped. And um, Clervius? Clervius, yeah. I have trouble pronouncing it because it's a very different name. He was one of the people that ran away. He wandered around for 16 years before going back home because he was scared. Remember, his bro- he felt like his brother had poisoned him, mm-hmm. and then he went through this whole thing. So he was scared to go back home. He thought that what his- was brother? The brother was home. Like, he was still home. Nothing happened. He, Clairvius, ended up going back home once he found out his brother had passed away. 
So that's how he ended up finding his sister eventually okay. 18 okay. years later after okay. his after his death, quote unquote. <laughs> Isn't that great? So mind blowing. Wow. So now we're going to move on to the second person that is involved in this. It's a man named Wade Davis. Around 1985, he published a book. He's an American graduate student. He went to Harvard. The book that he wrote is called The Serpent and the Rainbow, which is what the movie was called. But his title of the book goes way longer than that. It says, The Serpent and the Rainbow, a Harvard scientist's astonishing journey into the secret societies of Haitian voodoo, zombies, and magic. I feel like I need to take a breath after that. That's uh, <laughs> definitely not a, a putting down book. You're going to get through it. You're Oh, yeah. That title, you better get through the whole mm -hmm. book. So Davis was interested. He studied or his interest was to look at different tribes, different types of people, different religions. Like, I guess he was interested in people. But more so, he was interested, I think, in rituals and what these tribes were using for psychedelic effects from plants because dantura is an actual flower and they do have dantura trips so you can go out to different places that have dantura plants and you can trip like you can go there and just like get messed up and have fun <laughs> <laughs> i guess this guy must have been into and he wanted to know where all the plants were <laughs> so he had heard about clairvius and he decided to venture out to haiti and look more into the zombie phenomenon Okay. He thought the people in Haiti were were using local plants because of the psychoactive effects. But after he spoke to locals upon his arrival, he learned that the people believed that the zombie process was voodoo. It was voodoo magic. So he really didn't get much from the people and he started digging deeper and he eventually found out about the zombie powder and he got his hands on some. He found that it, it was... What was that? It's I the ice. It. It's the ice machine. Okay. One day that, I, okay, sorry, we're pausing. I was sitting in the living room by myself in the dark, <laughs> like I usually do for some Making weird the reason. the room stand up, <laughs> waiting for the gravity to pull it. And all of a sudden I hear banging noises and I immediately text her and I was like, where are you? <laughs> Something's banging in the kitchen. I was staring at the kitchen so hard waiting for something to fly across the room. I wanted something to fly across the room. I was like, let me see something go. Nothing happened. Turns out it's the ice maker. When it finished make it finishes making ice, it dumps it all out. Um, <laughs> so it's just ice being dumped. Yeah, I heard out. banging. So I'm like, okay, why is it like moving everywhere? What's moving? Oh, the noise? Yeah. Well, because it's like a row of ice. So I'm sure once they fall a different whatever. Anyways, back to zombies. So Davis got his hands on the powder and he tested the powder to see what was what it was made of. Three things he found was crush human bones, plants, and puffer fish. So there might be people out there who know about puffer fish. Mm -hmm. I didn't know about puffer fish until today and what it does to you or what it could potentially do to you. Mm -hmm. I watch Ace Ventura. Was it in Ace Ventura? What yeah, did they talk about? Yeah, it's in one of them. It gives you paralysis. Like you, yeah. it numbs the whole body so you just go yeah. in. That's what I was saying. Like, what the heck? I didn't know this. I need to go watch these Ventura's again. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess there's this controversial um, sushi called sushi voodoo. What? Yes. And it's made from the puffer fish. And the controversy about it is that if the fish is not prepared correctly, you can die. Yeah, I didn't know that. I so I guess that that's a thing. There's a bacteria Whoa. called tetrodotoxin. Wait, tetrodotoxin. There we go. Tetrodotoxin. 
that grows inside of the puffer fish's anatomy, either in the liver or in the sex organs. In large doses, it can be lethal. It also grows in other fishes, um, amphibians, octopus, and shellfish. So it's not just in the puffer fish. So y'all got to be careful what you're eating. Yeah. Or digesting. Yeah. That This made me nervous. <laughs> so... It interferes, like you said, with your nervous system. It blocks sodium channels, which carry messages from the brain and the muscles. From the brain to the muscles? From the brain, from the, you get it. People who, <laughs> yeah, those things. People who have high doses will lose sensation, and it's rapidly followed by paralysis of the muscles. It usually happens rapidly, but it can ha be delayed. A rapid response is 10 to 45 minutes. You'll start to feel those effects. Mm -hmm. And then a delayed response is three to six hours. Death can occur as early as four to eight hours or as late as 24 hours after exposure. But usually death happens within those four to eight hours. Um, many people who have eaten this, consumed it, or have been poisoned and have survived, they survive. They, and I remember reading somewhere that there's there's no antidote if you have too much of this there's no saving you you're done for there's nothing a so doctor can do survive i because there's a you can like your body can t consume a certain amount with before it's lethal to you hmm. at this point davis figured out the first part of the zombie process he knows about the powder from the jellyfish but Wait, jellyfish. I mean, pufferfish. Sorry. If a person takes enough of this pufferfish, they will appear dead. Well, like I said, some people survive on their own. So this is the first process of the zombie zombification, which, I mean, is it? Are you really a zombie? I mean, are you? Is it technically? Are you a zombie? Because you do die. Your pulse stops. Your breathing stops. Everything stops. I don't know. Is every anybody everybody that has survived death like anybody eating flatlined? But what about the people who always they like flatline in the hospital and the doctors are like, oh, you know, yeah. they die and then they come back? Are they considered zombies? Is that the definition of zombie? I don't know because your brain disconnects from everything, you know, like mm. the sensors. Your heart stops. The brain stops moving. Everything. Yes, the heart pumps. It's your muscle. It pumps the blood to everywhere. But your brain is where all the messages and everything, the signals go to. Mm -hmm. So once you're dead and you come back, it's not like it resets. <laughs> I'm a baby. <laughs> Massive reset to the right? human. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? Right. Hmm. So he figured out, Davis figured out the first part of the process. But how do these zombies stay in their trance? How do they stay under the trance of their masters, right? Because these zombies that Clavius, Clervius, sorry, Clervius was, he was on a plantation working with other zombies and yeah. they were all in a trance, no willpower. But I mean, that could be just because the guy who gagged him and mm -hmm. gave him hallucinogenics, you said? That's where uh, I'm going next. Brainwash, hello. Well, the paste, that's where the paste comes in. So the paste dentura is a hallucinogenic. And a voodoo witch doctor apparently told Davis that the zombies are force-fed a mixture that contains dentura on a daily basis. So they're all Hi. just <laughs> hallucinating yeah. in the plantation. Mm -hmm. How do you get any work done? Little bits, little bits. Little bits at a time. So he, Davis brought this back to America. 
right? He thought he's like, I solved the case of the zombies. I know how they do it. He thought he was going to be recognized for all the hard work he did. Instead, he got a lot of criticism because the samples he brought back and were tested, there was little to no to none of that chemical, that tetrodoxin. That's in the, do- the dental. Tetrodotoxin. There we go. There was either a very tiny amount that would not affect your body or there was none at all found in the samples. So he got a lot of criticism because they're like, hey, you were supposed to solve this and you came back saying you solved it, you even brought us samples of the zombie powder and it's not matching up to the stuff you found. Go back. Yeah. Go back to Haiti Mm -hmm. and do it again. (laughs) See, but so I watched a little bit of the movie and it shows like the doctor goes back to Haiti at one point. No. Oh, they tortured this guy in the movie. It's a horror movie. They tortured this guy. If you want to be scared, but like 80s scared, so it's not really. um, Not even today's scary. You get no CGI. You, You get it before. You get no CGI in this movie. Okay. If you want to get that like 80s scare, this is a good one. It's like cheesy. You don't believe it, but you're still watching it type yeah. of thing. Yeah. This brings me to believe after Davis did all of his supposedly research and he came back and he tried to tell everybody he solved the puzzle and then he got criticized because his samples were just nothing. Is there more to this story? Are there actually zombies? Because how does one die get buried, and then come back to life. And because it was days, Clairvius was a few days later when they took him out of the ground. It has to mix with the bloodstream of some sort then. It has to do, either it's this toxin, but see, when they he brought the samples back, that toxin was not in the sample. So Art, did he just make up a reason so that he could be like, they put puffer fish in it and it does all this to the body, which makes sense why they're paralyzed and they can't do anything. Did, was that just, did he say that just so that he could look valid? Or is there, that toxin is not even used and there's something more going on. Is it voodoo? Like in my mind, I'm like, is it voodoo? Are they actually dying and coming back to life? And then they're under their master's control. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand. Voodoo is uh, a very strong practice. Mm-hmm. So even me trying to be double-sided, devil's advocate, what if somebody mm-hmm. at the airport checked luggage, found this, changed it out? Could have been that too, to not open that door of this is what's going on. It could be, but then again, Davis said that he got information from a voodoo witch doctor. I don't think any voodoo witch doctor, I don't think any voodoo they practitioner. Even recipes, come on. Exactly. So if he's going around saying this voodoo doctor told me what they do, mm-hmm. I don't even believe that. Mm-hmm. That's so unbelievable to me. So I'm like, what is really going on? Why are there zombies in Haiti? It's like what is going on? <laughs> um, that's why, I don't know. This was really fascinating to me because I thought I was on a trail of finding the answer. Because usually my story is I'm like, oh, this is what it was. Yeah. And this one, I was like, I don't have no idea what it was. I have no clue. Because if death was supposed to happen within four to eight hours, like actual death, and that information came from the CDC website about yeah. this toxin, they, they, they should be dead. And it said that people who recover from this recover it recover from this within twenty four hours. But you're in the freezer already by then. 
but still you would still be able to move your body. That's why it doesn't add up. That's why Davis got so much criticism and I'm criticizing him as well. (laughs) Clarice, Clarivis Clarivis, yeah. being buried. He got buried. He was pronounced dead April 30th. Two to three days later. He got buried. And then two to three days after his burial, he got taken out of the ground. Yeah. So wake up. If if he consumed this toxic thing from the puffer fish, he wouldn't have been paralyzed for that long because he would have either gotten out of it within 24 hours or he would have been dead. That's why I'm like, what is going on? I truly believe it's voodoo. I'm sorry. That's just my opinion on this. I believe there are really strong voodoo witch doctors that are actually doing this. And I do believe in the whole siring process too, because if they do bring you back, it's like a leash to your soul. Yeah. Like, yeah, you survive, but because of me. And I grew up with a lot of Haitians, like a lot of my really good friends growing up with Haitians, and I was just... I remember just hearing their stories about voodoo and how intense it is. And I was like, I'm never messing with that ever my whole life. I will never (laughs) piss you off (laughs) because I I don't know. Voodoo is really strong in my like eyes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that is my story. It's a movie based on a true story. I'm going to tell you the title of it again. It's called The Serpent and the Rainbow, and it came out in 1988. So it's late 80s. I guess it's a little bit better than like early 80s movies. But yeah, if you guys want to watch something kind of cheesy, but still kind of scary. On your free time. On your free time. If you have any free time. Put a little bit of time outside. Watch it a little bit at a time. Fold your clothes (laughs) while you're watching the movie. That's all I have for today. I hope you guys are scared. Yes. Let us know what stories you have that we can research or if you'd like to come on. We could definitely try and schedule you as <laughs> try and schedule you in with all of our with our busy schedule with the social distance amount. I know how to use Discord. I know know how to use Slack. I know how to use. I know how to use Zoom. Zoom. We know how to use Zoom. We know how to use Cisco <laughs> Webex. Webex. <laughs> We're we professionals. You. Mm-hmm. you need some teaching fourth grade. Great, great. <laughs> we got you there too. <laughs> Oh my God, can you imagine if we ran a classroom like this? Like, hey kids, mm-hmm. welcome to our class. <laughs> Today we're going to teach you about voodoo. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be the um, elective class people can take. Mm-hmm. Anyways. You want art? Nope. You get horror. <laughs> yeah. Paranormal. That would be so cool to have a paranormal elective. Can we fight for that? Maybe. Well, I would totally be a teacher for that class. I think in our state we probably could. Probably. Okay, that's an idea. That's what we're going to do in our time off. We're going to try and get this into Once schools. Once this <laughs> wave of social distancing goes away, we will be researching certain areas that are in our state that are paranormal. I have a list. Oh, you do? All right. I still want to go ghost hunting to see that little boy on the swing, but we have this stay-at-home order, and I'm pretty sure we have a curfew now, so we can go. About, like, he's out. Who's out? With your curfew order. What do you mean he's out? Oh. He don't got no card. He don't got nothing. No, I told him to take his ID. Okay. He almost left his ID. Well, sorry, we're talking about Troy now. Troy went out on a bike ride and it's 11 o'clock at night. House full of women. Snap. Anyways, 
That's it for us. This wraps up this episode. Subscribe to Las Brujas and Friends podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Las Brujas Podcast and on Twitter at Brujas Podcast. We would love to hear from you. Any feedback, suggestions, or personal testimonials that could... (laughs) 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 That one went crazy. (laughs) Any feedback, (laughs) suggestions... We couldn't let that slide. <laughs> that was not sliding. Okay. Okay, ready? I'm ready. Oh. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> Any feedback, suggestions, or personal? <laughs> what the hell was I trying to say? Ooh-wee. I don't even know. I have to listen back to it now because somebody used that. <laughs> Any feedback, suggestions, or personal testimonials that confirm these stories, we would love to read them. A question for you. Do you believe in voodoo? Do you believe in zombies? Do you Are think- you ready for the plague? Oh, please, no. We're not going to talk about the plague. <laughs> um, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Join us next week. We post every Friday. Bye. Bye.